going, everybody? Welcome to the Resistance Broadcast. I'm John. Thanks for joining us on this Monday, Labor Day. So hopefully you are off today. Uh, if you're working, my apologies. But for those of you enjoying a long weekend, thanks for making us a part of that long weekend. As we are now officially in September, it is Andor Month. We are very close to this show arriving. Um, was it two, two weeks from Wednesday? Mm-hmm. Did I get that math right? Holy cow. I think so. Amazing. Mm-hmm. We're going to find out how this whole rebellion thing came about. <laughs> Hear about this? This rebellion thing? <laughs> about that. Speaking of which, uh, my rebellion, James and Lacey with me as always, uh, Adria Arjona, Star Wars rookie, maybe fumbling a bit, maybe messing up, maybe not caring. Maybe this is Tony Gilroy's thing. He's like, I don't care if you guys talk about it because Stellan Skalsgård already did it. Skelsgard. That's a cool name. <laughs> Stellan Skarsgård. It's like already Skeletor. did it when he revealed he revealed season two that he was going to be involved in that. Uh, and then we have uh, Adria Arjona talking about uh, her discussions with Tony Gilroy about her character for season two. So not a big deal to them. So maybe it shouldn't be a big deal to us. But what were your thoughts on her slipping that out a little bit? I mean, honestly, as much as we praise the Andor crew like cast crew everybody you know who's involved with it for just being okay and open with the details of the show sometimes i do kind of wish that they would like back it off a little bit you know like oh i'll be back for season two it's like okay well now i'm now i'm starting to put things together you know um so it's kind of one of those things like uh the only thing i can assume is that what they're trying to tell you is that this th- this is kind of important like don't get hung up on this aspect of it because what the real story is the real secrets and all that stuff that's over here think things like my character being alive or dead that shouldn't matter like don't worry about that stuff you know that's hmm. the only thing i can pull from it um i i don't know yeah lacy any thoughts yeah what do you think i I think it was a slip and I'm kind of disappointed that it was said because we always joke about it lately. I think that's a spoiler that she survives. Yeah. Like I went into this thinking, oh, she's definitely dead. And now that's totally taken away from me because yeah. she's let that slip. And it's interesting because it kind of locks her in, obviously, to another season and changes happen all the time. So what if they decide last minute to be like, you know what, it makes better sense to cut that character. And now she's like, oh, well, I'm in season two. You know what I mean? It's just really weird. But I know that the reactions I saw online were like, wow, way to spoil this for us. Like, way to let this go because now there's no stakes for that character because you just know that mm-hmm. character is going to come back. Yeah. And when you think about the other characters who we know survive, mm-hmm. um, like spoiler alert, Mon, Mon Mothma surviving this series. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's then, different, course, though. You know, Cassian saw no, but I'm saying like we were talking about this with the Obi Wan, like the stakes oh, being sure. raised for new characters, and if Stellan Skarsgård and Adria Arjona are both talking about season two, then we can kind of sit back a little bit, maybe relax a little more for season one. Yeah, it does. It does. It is kind of one of those things. Like, okay, we're allowed to know that Andor survives. You know, we're allowed to know that yeah. Mon Mothma yeah. survives. We're allowed to know that Saw survives. Like, if her character 
had been mentioned like in a book or a reference or anything like that, then that technically would be out there too. And we would already know that. So like, don't focus so much on whether a character lives or dies, focus on their journey and their story. Um, yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I, it de- it definitely is kind of a spoiler, but I think it's one of those those things that like and and John, we've joked around with you about this too. It's like it's kind of one of those things like I saw it, and I'm telling you, it's not that big of a deal. What I'm what I yeah. just spoiled for you. So yeah. let's let's all relax, you know, kind of thing. I speaking. <laughs> You're speaking saying this like spoilers. right after I'm like, I really don't like that this was spoiled. No, and James no. is like everyone needs to relax. No, no, no. I I. I I hmm. definitely am saying like I have other friends that like can't handle like everything is a spoiler and it's like okay let let's I think know, this is down. a pretty big yeah. spoiler to say that a whole character Speaking resolves which, the first or uh lives the first season of a show brand new character Speaking of spoilers the greatest jedi of all time yelled at me about spoilers recently on Twitter I don't know if you saw this Greatest Jedi of all time. I got in trouble with Mark Hamill on Twitter. Oh, man. I was like, what did Freddie Prince Jr. say to you? What did you say? (laughs) Get out of (laughs) here. I didn't really get in trouble. So so Mark Ellis um, from like Schmodown and Collider, and he's an awesome stand-up comic. He tweeted, what's your favorite fourth wall break? And that's when, you know, an actor looks directly at the camera at the audience and says something. And I said, the great Mark Hamill as Cockknocker in Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. He gets his hand cut off, looks directly at the camera, and deadpan delivers a, not again. And then Mark Hamill <laughs> replied to that with just, in all caps, SPOILER! With an exclamation point. <laughs> Even though the movie came out 21 years ago. <laughs> oh, it d- doesn't seem to matter, John. No. <laughs> Not I love to, that anyway. we've been saying spoilers yeah, no. for weeks, and John's like, "You guys are stupid." But as soon as Mark Hamill says it, it's like, "Ah." Well, he's okay. obviously kidding too. He's yeah. in on it with me, mm. so he's really against you. Hmm. So I've I've Luke, I've Luke Skywalker on my side. What do you think about that? <laughs> yeah, he's told okay. me he loved me on Twitter, so I think I win. Did he really? Mm-hmm. Prove it. I need proof. All right, James <laughs> links or it didn't happen. Uh, it happened when we were recording a show, don't you remember? I think so, yeah. Something like that. I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. We recorded a lot of shows. We're on like our 600th show or something. Uh, James, you, Resistance Report. We have uh, some other news to talk about, right? It's the Resistance. Yes, yes. Ryan Johnson's trilogy might uh, not be dead, in fact. Uh it's been one of those things that we've been speculate speculating on for a very long time. Uh, what's going on? What's the story? And every once in a while, we get like a little bit of some news that says it's still happening, and we are once again getting a little bit of that news. Uh, as it uh, turns out, uh, Kathleen Kennedy and Ryan Johnson are both out in different platforms saying the same thing. Yes, we talk about it. It's still happening. We want to make it happen. Um, everybody's busy. And as Ryan Johnson has been promoting his new movie, uh, Glass Onion, uh, he is very vocal of how he wants to make that movie and the other one that he has with Netflix. He has a contract uh, to do a second movie with Netflix as well. And everybody's just very aware that that is going to take up a lot of his time. So uh, apparently the word on the street is just like, hey, when he's ready, we'd be glad to have him. 
and Ryan Johnson saying, I absolutely love Star Wars. I'm still proud of my movie. I would I would be very sad to, to never get to revisit Star Wars again. You know, it, it would be a big bummer for him. Um, so there's a lot to talk about here as now uh, the president of Lucasfilm and Ryan Johnson are both saying, yes, it's still happening. John, do you have any thoughts on what Ryan Johnson has been saying publicly about Star Wars, his movie and his future movies, potentially? Um, did she say it or did he said she he's talking to her? They both said it at different times. Yeah. Remember her so back in March before Celebration, when Kathleen Kennedy had that Vanity Fair interview, right. which yes. had, had some really weird stuff in it, yeah. like her... Not confirming the Kevin Feige movie, even though the writer the Han was Solo about thing. working on it. Uh, she was talking about, yeah, maybe the, that was the same interview talking about mm-hmm. the recasts or whatever. Mm-hmm. But she did say something. I'm looking at. I'm looking it up now. I just want to make about, sure that I'm saying the right thing because honestly, when I saw this article, I was just like, okay, here's another Ryan Johnson thing, which was, hey, I'm working on it. Hey, it. I think it's happening. So uh, I Kathleen want it Kennedy, to happen. Yeah. Kathleen Kennedy said she continues to have meetings with... This is in March. Uh, She said she continues to have meetings with Johnson about the future of the saga, but that he doesn't currently have the time to Mm -hmm. commit the years to Mm -hmm. develop anything. Got it. And her quote was, Ryan has been unbelievably busy with Knives Out and the deal he made at Netflix for multiple movies. I've had meetings with Ryan. He's somebody that comes in as part of our little brain trust discussions along the way. He remains very committed to what we're trying to do. He just hasn't had the time to devote. That's what I'm saying. Anyone who comes into the Star Wars universe needs to know that it's a three, four, five-year commitment. That's what it takes. You can't step in for a year, shoot something, and walk away. It doesn't work that way. Which cool. which does, in fact, line up with what he just dropped last week. Like, that sounds yeah, like so everything I'm he... not. I'm not saying no, he I didn't know, say that. I'm saying in the interview, he she wasn't interviewed, so I was a little confused because I was like, oh, is she in this interview? Because that's not what I read. No, but she wasn't that in makes this interview, sense but she has on, on the record said, said yeah, the earlier. same things. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Thanks for so setting taking, that up. So taking what she said and then comparing it to what he's saying here, um, it sounds like he just can't. I don't think it's going to be this whole trilogy thing anymore if he does come back. I don't, I, I don't know, because he would have to really just stop everything else he's doing. And a trilogy in Star Wars, you're talking about eight to ten years. Um, and he would have to commit that amount of time to do that. Um, so, I, I don't know. I, I, I hear him saying things like, it would break my heart if I were finished. That's an odd thing to say, because that almost makes it sound like it's it's not fully locked in anymore and there's the potential for it not to happen. Um, but it definitely seems they- like a fan comment. Like he said it in a way that could be used by fans of like, hey, why isn't this I not mean, happening? We want this to happen type thing. Kathleen Kennedy loves Ryan Johnson and mm-hmm. everything we pieced together back in the day was that Disney put the kibosh on him for nine because of the reaction to The Last Jedi, which mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And so, so as a consolation, she flew to him and gave him this new trilogy and then five five years later here we are with this is the update on it which is still very vague and and very strange but the fact that they are still close just lends credence to that whole thing about her really being a fan of his and and that sort of stuff because in in fairness you know people can say what they want about ryan johnson in terms of oh i didn't like the last jedi his movie 
was one of the only, if not the only, that didn't have any issues. He just he was right. assigned that movie. He made that movie. There weren't problems with it, and he finished it. Well, and he it, had a clear vision that he stood by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but yeah. I, I will say too, if there were any issues, it oddly was like with the cast. Like obviously, we're gonna have other stories here where the cast was like that's different. I, I know, but it but it is it is different from like a a they're they're making the movie kind of a standpoint. But it is kind of it was weird to like on the set have Mark Hamill being like. I hate this. <laughs> I don't want to, you know, I don't want to do this. And that's fine. I but get that. From yeah. Kathleen Kennedy's perspective, as the executive, yeah. as the president, who really is a producer mind first than a uh, creative mind, of course. She's not writing movies and making movies. She obviously has input because she's making decisions on what they should and shouldn't be doing, even in, like, uh, when we talked to the music um, thing is Natalie Holt to me. about that's still bananas. Kenobi. Yeah. Yeah. But, she probably really loves the fact that Ryan Johnson came in, knocked his movie out, and finally gave her a theatrical film, the, the only one so far in the 10 years that Lucasfilm has uh, been under the Disney umbrella under Kathleen Kennedy, that she didn't have headaches or PR issues to, having to deal with talking about and fire directors. And he didn't directors, push back. There delays, wasn't a lot of pushback mm-hmm. from him budgets, of like, this yeah. is my vision. It was very, it sounds like it was very much a collaboration. This, this comes down to... Uh, does Ryan Johnson want to commit 10 years to make Star Wars movies and, and go through the hell that he'll have to go through with fans again, which we know is never going to go away. It's five years later and it still hasn't calmed down. Oh when God, every time it comes up, time, it, yeah. it's a hot issue online. Casual fans don't seem to really have, didn't really seem to have liked The Last Jedi in my personal experience in talking with people. So I'm, I want Ryan Johnson to make brand new Star Wars stories that have no connection to anything that mm-hmm. is tied to someone's childhood, you know, like Luke Skywalker or whatever. I want a blank canvas, just like Knives Out. He created that from nothing. I know it's inspired by like Agatha Christie stories and other awesome mystery tales, but give this guy a blank canvas, Bob Ross style, let him paint his own picture, tell his own story in his own little corner of the galaxy. Um, but at the same time, I, 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 I'm nervous about what it's going to be like when they announce that he's coming back. Cause, because for us, because we're so into the fan space as podcasters and stuff, it's going to, it's going to be dodging a lot of just a lot of the the weeds in, of of chaos amongst fans so um but it sounds like it's still on the table it's still very vague to me so i don't think it's anytime soon um so we'll see what they say about it when we talk about it again next year or in 3 years mhm Lacey, what were did you have any specific takeaways that you have mentioned i it's a weird situation with ryan johnson um i i just don't i i hear what he's saying and i know we have to take it at what its value of this is what he's saying but to me it just seems like it's still not happening or like it's really up in the air if something's going to come from this because like i said earlier every time he talks about this it's very much oh it's scheduling oh yes of course it's happening or he's responding to trolls on twitter about it but we've gotten no updates. And you can say that you're busy and you've got other stuff going on. Like, look, he made $100 million from Netflix. Me, personally, I would have been like, give me the $100 million and I'll never see you again. <laughs> like, that would have been my life. I would have been done. I would have been like, enjoy. Um, but I understand someone like him who is very passionate about what he did and wants to continue on telling the stories that he wants to tell. 
I strongly stand by the same thing that John said, which is let him tell brand new stories with brand new characters in a place in the galaxy that he can make his own. Don't tie him back to stuff that people already have connections to because whether we agree or not, um, and I'm saying we collectively as Star Wars fans about how people reacted to The Last Jedi, you can't look at that film and say, yes, it was overly positive, the reaction to it, because it just wasn't. I think that there is a group of people that really enjoyed it, and some people think it's their favorite Star Wars film, and that's cool. That's fine. That's part of being in the Star Wars fandom is disliking and liking things and everybody's different, has different experiences. And I get that, but it's just, every time he talks about this, it's very, it doesn't seem like a happy conversation. <laughs> like it's very much like, uh, you know, Oh, I want this to happen. Oh, it's definitely going to happen. We have so many of these like little quotes that are just different ways of saying, yeah, sure. Of course it is. But then it's how many times are you going to say that before we actually get an update about it? And I get it. He's busy. He's got stuff going on with Netflix. But you also have to look at it from a business perspective on his end. Are you going to go work for Disney and get paid like, I don't know, I don't know how much he made on The Last Jedi, like say it's a couple million dollars. Or are you going to go work with someone like Netflix who pays you a hundred million dollars to do whatever movie you want where people have already you know, have this view of you with that movie of being Oscar nominated and you get to move, work with all these A-list celebrities that are like dying to be a part of your movie. It's just, you're going to hit a bigger audience with Glass Onion than you are with Star Wars because not everybody likes Star Wars. Everybody likes murder mysteries and adventures and stuff like that. Hmm. He also has to have some form of, you know, people toss this term around loosely and it's a serious thing, but some level of PTSD in terms of his experience when things were just really... I can't imagine um, his, you know, mentions on a regular basis. Well, that, but like when he was made the mistake of like punching back at people on Twitter and like he was calling people man babies and, and stuff like that. And maybe those people were whatever that term is. But I think he probably realizes that was a mistake and he's above that sort of stuff. Like imagine like a, a, a director of a Star Wars movie, a Oscar one point six billion dollar <laughs> grossing yes. movie. Yes, I mean I, yeah, but I think I and think you're that arguing stuff with a guy named like, named Jeff one three eight seven Mara Jade four mm -hmm. uh, because he says I don't like your movie. Like that's crazy, dude. Like you don't do that stuff. And I think he may have learned from that, but he has to have some level of like I don't want to revisit spring of 2018 ever again in my life you know like it's just like it has to it has some part of him has to like be burdened by that because i know he had i believe some aspects of knives out were sort of a commentary on the reaction to the last jedi oh uh, yeah chris um, evans character specifically he had said right yeah. yeah so he he he's a human being and he's a a creative person he obviously has some sort of sensitivities if he was driven to the point of snapping back at some idiot random person on Twitter. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm sure he carries some of that stuff with him. And it's got to be in the, a part of his mind like, man, do I want to dip back into that? Or like you said, Lacey, like everything's going so great over here. Oscar nominated for the screenplay. No one, everyone's liking what I'm doing over here. Like Glass Onion so is like the movie of the year. Like so, but yeah, right. And, and and when he said I'd be ho heartbroken if I was done with Star Wars, it just seems like 
that was that was the most interesting part that he said that so he clearly wants to get back involved it's just i wonder how much <laughs> I, I i don't know I, I don't think i'm on the same page with you guys like i i have shocker consistently yeah, said bizarre <laughs> i don't know man i don't know I, he's he and everybody involved has consistently said like yes that's happening and it's only fans that are like that's not happening and it's like they're telling you it's happening every single time and he has used words like hopefully but i would imagine if if i've been asked the same question over and over and over again probably at one point i'd be like yeah i mean hopefully like god willing you know or whatever however you want to phrase it like sometimes you just say things like in in the offshoot that like Maybe something will happen down the line where that doesn't end up being the case, but the but that's the plan, you know. So it's like I feel like they've been pretty straightforward that they were like, you know, we gave him this trilogy, we gave him this stuff to work on. He remains part of the crew. We love working with him. He will do it. He's very busy. You know he's busy. He promised them two two movies and they paid him a lot of money to make him. So he's committed to that, you know. And I don't know, I mean, we can have a, an opinion one way or the other of what he needs to do when he eventually does return to Star Wars, but I feel like he's sort of um, able to deflect a lot of the negativity pretty well. Yes, he was on Twitter saying some things randomly, you know, and that's not necessarily a good look, but there's a lot of people who are more powerful than him that do that type of stuff too, you know? Um Including like James Cameron, for instance, you know what I mean? He's been on, he's been very vocal against fans. But there is a thing here, James, where by saying yes to Netflix and Glass Mm -hmm. Onion and all these other things, he's saying no to Star Wars. There's always a big question as someone that's creative. When you're saying yes to one thing, what are you saying no to? He said no to Star Wars. He could have done Star Wars first and he didn't. So there is that piece of it too. So like, yes, they're saying he he wants to do it. Of course I want to do it. Hopefully I do it. All these things. But he put this other thing first. So you have to weigh what he finds more valuable or what he would rather be working on because he said yes to Star Wars before saying yes to Glass Onion and whatever comes next. And it might not be this trilogy anymore either. Right. It could totally change. It could be something completely different. That was announced when they were still planning on doing a movie every year. Right. That whole thing. Right. And. And, you know, the reactions to, you know, the solo box office, Disney Plus then becomes a thing because the Mandalorian was announced around the time of his trilogy. Um, oh gosh, the times before Disney Plus when, and Mandalorian are wild. <laughs> so he, they could be talking about completely different things, I guess is what I'm saying. Like he mm-hmm. could still maybe be involved. And I remember there were he, he would anytime he would have a loose comment about it when he was asked about it, he would say stuff like we're workshopping ideas and we're discussing things. Mm-hmm. That doesn't sound like a my trilogy is going to start here and I have the story mapped out. So I, I, I do think it's clear he wants to work together. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy still wants to work with him, but I don't know that it's going to be this trilogy that was announced anymore. I, maybe they, I hope he does something different. I hope he does something just, well, that he wants to do. Yeah. I, Last thing, James, Kathleen yeah. Kennedy, remember she says she wants a Kevin Feige to run the movies things. Yeah. Ryan Johnson doesn't work for anybody. He makes his movies with his team. So that could be, part of the issue as well Mm -hmm. i when just to to comment on the like he said no to star wars thing like i mean he has two good opportunities he wants to do both so it's like let's just make up numbers like kathleen kennedy says we'll pay you 50 million dollars to do a star wars movie he's like oh heck yes i want to do that and then someone walks up and says hold on before you say yes we'll give you 100 million if for the next three years you do this other thing and then he looks back over at kathy and he says 
can I, can I come back to Star Wars later? And she says, yeah, that's fine. Don't, don't even worry about it. Go make $100 million We don't have there. anybody else. Yeah, anytime. Yeah, anytime. Anytime you want to come back. So it's like, is that really him saying no to Star Wars? I guess technically. It, it is. It's like if you I get two job offers and one's a little bit better, if you really cared about Star Wars and you really wanted to do a Star Wars movie, even if Netflix was like, we'll give you $100 million. But now he gets to do both. I understand that, James, but I'm I'm stressing that if he really, really put Star Wars first, he would have done it first. I'm not saying he doesn't care about Star Wars. I'm just saying that he made a choice when it came to Star Wars or this other thing and chose this other thing. Whether you talked about money or what came with it or traveling to Greece or wherever it's filmed, whatever those benefits are, he decided, I want to do this thing over Star Wars. And a choice was made there. And so you have to kind of recognize that, okay, he wanted to do that more, and that's okay. And again, yes, of course he could be coming back to it, but I'm saying there is a piece here of every single time when you're hearing about it, they're saying, oh, yeah, 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 we're working on it, we're working on it. Like, how many times in your life have you heard people say that and then nothing happens? All the time. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't agree with the, that he said no to Star Wars. It's like, do you want one or do you want two? And he's like, two. <laughs> so he's getting two. I don't know. Anyway. Mm, it's tricky. It, I think a lot of that stems from the fact that they're like, we're official. it's officially announced that he's making this trilogy. He's directing the first one. It's like they had real concrete discussions. And then about he this. skipped over it and decided. And to we still have. Thing. Yeah, they still just haven't happened. So if he had said, I'm ready to go, Kathleen Kennedy would have had him in the next, the day after they started. They met, they announced the agreement. So. It's not saying no, but now we're talking semantics with mm -hmm. the words, but clearly he's like, yeah, I, I want to make that trilogy, but like... All I'm saying is something I'll, happened I'll keep you posted. between the period <laughs> of him them putting his picture up on StarWars.com, announcing he was doing this trilogy, and now to him doing these other projects, there is a big gap of what happened here. And his was announced I, before Benioff and Wise's series of films. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, my thing is like the... The, what happened in between the picture on the website and that and and you know whatever that was last jedi that happened you know that and i think there was room that for everybody to kind that to give everybody space and to figure out what they wanted to do but i think that everybody is on his team and everybody on lucasfilm's team have both always said and been pretty straightforward that it's still happening and there was never any date set that they haven't met but like i think fans are just impatient and fans are wanting to know what's the update and they're like no update and it's like well that's not an answer that mean must mean it's not happening it's like no it just means no update we just haven't moved forward with it yet you know I, okay i, I yeah. agree to disagree <laughs> I, don't, I think we're just talking in circles at this point yeah all right well let's talk about john boyega then because we we discussed him last week but he has been continuing to talk more and more about uh Star Wars, like he he's talking about other things. He was on the Happy Sad Confused with Josh Horowitz, um, and as Josh normally does, brings up Star Wars to the people. You know, what's your, what do you think Star Wars needs right now? It's a pretty good interview if you want to go see what John Boyega has to say. Talks a lot about what he thinks Lucasfilm could do to move the uh, uh, franchise forward, and that one of the main things coming out of this was how his force sensitivity was handled and possibly, you know, a little bit into like the conversations and the trajectory of Finn's character 
for episode nine had Colin Trevorrow been in charge, um, which led to a lot of discussion as well. Lacey, what are, what are your thoughts on John Boyega? I guess this week, you know, he said something different last week. Now he's saying this. I... <laughs> the funny thing with John Boyega is that, you know, I was talking about this a little off air um, and I was like, oh, I should save it for the show. Is it's very interesting to hear uh, John Boyega and Ryan Johnson talk about pretty much similar things within the same week, because I, I think they both had very different different viewpoints and experiences when it comes to sequel trilogy. Um, I think if we're going back to being open and honest. I think John Boyega has been open and honest about his experience more so than other people the entire time. Um, I don't think he had a good experience with The Last Jedi. Um, and he's been pretty vocal about how he didn't like how the character changed from, you know, The Force Awakens to The Last Jedi to then The Rise of Skywalker. Um, this interview was very interesting that he said that he loved the ideas that Colin Trevorrow had pitched to him when they met. Um, that he really wanted that kind of stormtrooper rebellion and he had seen art and stuff like that and he was just kind of upset about where the movie had gone. Um, And I don't blame him because reading that script and kind of seeing the art and stuff of what could have been, his character was going to have a very different role in that movie. Um, But I think the thing that kind of the threads that keep getting pulled with John Boyega is that he had so many different conversations with different people that were involved in the sequel trilogy that it wasn't a perfect experience because it's hard if you're trying to get into the mindset of a character that's constantly changing with every movie of what their kind of goal is or vision is for that character. Um, so I get it. I understand it. At the end of the day, he's still a Star Wars fan, which is awesome to hear. I love hearing him talk about like the Old Republic and like how he'd like to. He's been watching the Mandalorian. He's watched it twice. Um, it it makes me happy that he hasn't kind of turned away from Star Wars. He's still enjoying it on his own time. I really hope he comes back. I said this last week. I I I've met him. He's so nice. He loves Star Wars. And I, I really want to see him back as like a Jedi. I think that's clearly what they were saying in The Rise of Skywalker. And I really hope we get that eventually. It's just, you can't help but be a little sad reading these comments from John Boyega or like at least feeling for him that things didn't turn out the way he'd wanted them to. And I get that. I don't know what John Boyega wants. <laughs> Honestly, he's had comments... You know, I I feel like I'm going to be a little scatterbrained over this, but it's because I'm trying to put together all the different things he said over time. Like he's, it seems it was it was implied that he was unhappy with the Force Awakens because they teased him as a Jedi, and then that's not what he was. So it's like okay, so he's mad at JJ. I don't know, and then he didn't like what Ryan did because it took him off in this other direction, away from what JJ was doing. Okay, so he doesn't like what Ryan was doing, but then he does. He doesn't. He didn't like the Last Jedi, or I'm sorry, uh, Rise of Skywalker. Even though that JJ came back and he worked on that and he wrote that, you know. And I mean, he I didn't write he said it. He but didn't like the Rise of Skywalker. I don't think he ever said anything he, about that. He said he just liked the ideas that Colin Trevorrow had come up with. That, I don't that, think he said he didn't like the Rise of Skywalker. 
I think that is what he's saying here. He's saying like Finn should have been handled better. Finn should have ended up here. This is what this is where it should have gone. And it's like, but it's weird to me because he's like, I'll come back if JJ's involved, if Kathleen's involved. And I'm like, well, those are the people well, that f- led you to Last Jedi. Those are the people that led you to Rise thread, of Skywalker. That, that's the thread you have to follow and like connect dots, which I feel like is one of my strengths. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe because of the site and stuff. But I don't know if it's my turn or not. But, no, I mean, it, um, it's fine. I just have over over the past little while, I feel like a lot of his comments, I'm going, you know, I want I want to hear what you did like because I'm hearing a lot of what you didn't like. And when I'm putting the pieces together and maybe you're better at putting like what he means along the way, it just seems like he, you know, did he want Finn to have force abilities or did he want him to lead the stormtrooper revolt? And it's like, so I don't know what, where you're going with it there's two timelines there's the timeline if if ryan had followed what jj set up and they explore that more because he even brings up to horowitz he's like yeah early on there was a trajectory for finn you see me whipping this lightsaber around he's like regular people just can't do that yeah, han and just kind of opens he, locks mm-hmm. with it he had said yeah and so clearly the discussions were we're setting the table for this kid to eventually become in tune with the force there's a reason why you know the first teaser of this movie called the force awakens is this guy literally waking up uh from a stormtrooper and turning to the light there was more in place by jj and more intended for jj or for for finn by jj that he tried to save in episode nine right so jj wanted to go back and you know even though they did what they did in in the last jedi with finn which is abandon any of that um, and have him go on like a scavenger hunt or whatever. I really did not like what they did with Finn in The Last Jedi. Um, I liked a lot of the other things they did with other characters. I I, I thought he got dogged. Um, because it was a retread of like his realization in TFA, in my opinion. But with that said, JJ's like, I want to go back and explore what I had set up for this character. And he probably had discussions with Boyega. Like, look, I know you didn't like what, what went down with your character in 8. Here's where we're going with 9. We're going to clearly make it that you're feeling the force and you can sense things you can sense Ray's pain you can sense her death um you're trying to tell her this throughout the movie um and then we'll see where that goes after nine we can't go full bore with it the movie just has too much to do the other timeline is trevorrow's following ryan johnson having talks with ryan johnson about what he's doing as he's developing his script which is finn is not force sensitive look at the last jedi there's nothing to do with it so trevorrow's like all right well we're going in this direction then based off of that which he called not... one of the best star wars meetings i've ever had mm-hmm. and it probably was i mm-hmm. i i'm glad you know based on jurassic world dominion and based on you know uh some of the ideas from episode nine including naming it duel of the fates which i thought was, is horrible um <laughs> i i'm glad trevorrow didn't do episode nine because i think people would have hated that too i think mm-hmm. people would have hated any episode nine just because look at like any great show that ends people hate the endings of it mm-hmm. it's just like that people they 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 it have an ending rare for a show in their mind movie, yeah. from from the moment they watch the pilot of a TV series they're like oh man I bet this is gonna end like this and the whole what they're watching the show and they're coming up with theories on how it's gonna end and it's it's the one out of one billion uh, that uh, it ends up being and it's not their idea um, right. so Trevorrow's like all right well I looked at what Ryan's doing with eight as I'm developing my script for nine this guy is not a Jedi he's not force sensitive. We're going to do a Stormtrooper Rebellion with this guy. So he loved that. 
But at the same time, you flip it to the other timeline, which is JJ saying, like, I started this guy's story. I created this character. I'm re-exploring that, but I'm not going to go full bore with it because I can't. It'd be ridiculous. So I have to plant seeds and in hopes that one day if they continue it, they can pick that back up and save that angle that I started with TFA. Mm-hmm. And Boyeg is clearly a, 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 an Abrams guy. Because every time he talks about it, he says Kathleen Kennedy and JJ would have to be involved in some way. Right. Yeah, and right. Oscar and Daisy. Has he had comments like really? I mean, maybe in like the lead up to the releasing the movie, but like post the movie, has he had comments about like my boy JJ saved it, brought me back to the force, you know, or anything like that? I don't know about that. I remember when they were filming it, he said it was fun again or, you know, stuff like that. And they, they always had fun. Um, yeah. Like it fe- they like said, it felt like comments, making yeah. TFA again. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. But, and he may not in the end love the end result of the rise of Skywalker. I'm not saying he did, but I think he, if he had to go back and episode seven is released, he would prefer that what was set up there by JJ was followed versus where it went. I mean, I definitely get eight. like, you know, like if the whole thing was like a gamble, he's up on on uh, episode seven. He lost money on eight, and he made a little bit of money on nine, kind of thing. Broke even. <laughs> yeah, and it's like it's like, hey, you know, like I made money on nine, and like it was fine, and the whole thing was like okay. I ended up coming out positive, but it's like I, I just the whole thing kind of sucked because like the trajectory of my character was just always so in flux. I I mean that's the only thing I can take out of it, but. my my my, i get what you're saying i just feel sometimes like i'm like i wish he would say some positive things about star wars in the sense of like he did like this about finn and stuff i don't know maybe maybe we've been getting those and i've missed that and let's not forget that i I still think he there is a certain anger still in him about how he was treated by fans and you know not just the racism stuff but like and Disney, they left him up the, to dry. They left him out to dry. The, the Raylo fans were always constantly giving him a hard time about stuff, and he he made the mistake like Ryan Johnson did by punching back with them on social media, and like he then he dealt with more like really nasty stuff from that side of fandom, and it's just like he's probably like I don't need this stuff, like and there again not to say the PTSD thing, but look where he's t- he's gone from there. He didn't jump into you know another ip he didn't go to marvel or anything he's doing smaller more artistic based films to show his talents his range and maybe he does come back one day uh i hope he does too i agree with the i think both of you would like to see him come back um but i i all these interviews and stuff and as i'm like like hearing us talk about it and they're playing out in my head between you know ryan johnson what he has had to say what oscar isaac has said over time and now Boyega, it's clear that it's still not time yet mm-hmm. to come back. Mm-hmm. It's just not. And and maybe in 2030 it will be. Like They don't necessarily have to be young. Maybe they'll be middle-aged and come back. I, I hope they don't go as far as you know 70, like he was joking with uh, Harrison Ford and stuff. But uh, I, I still think they'll come back. But to me, it's clear uh, based on how, how fans are still with the sequel trilogy. People are still like, people are still going on Twitter like, crapping on the rise of skywalker it's like it's been three years dude like go outside mm-hmm. go learn how to hit a golf ball or something like geez if you don't like something like i i don't understand spending your energy 
to remind people of something you don't like. Like I'm going to walk into like a restaurant and be like, I just want everyone to know here. I hate the chicken parm in this place. I hate it. Never going to order it, but you need to know that I hate it. I just, I don't understand that mentality. So I, it's clearly from a fan perspective, from the actor's perspective and director's perspective. I, I think it's not time yet to come back, uh, but I hope eventually people move on and we get those sort of like the prequel trilogy vibes that we're getting now. Mm-hmm. Um, well, as we look forward in Star Wars, we're seeing more reports that Damon Lendeloff is involved with Disney to some degree as he's been seen more and more on the lots, eating lunch, uh, and kind of just being involved in that area. He's currently working on something for another studio, uh, NBC Universal, right? Uh, uh, streaming service. There, he has a Peacock show that he's working on. But obviously, with him being around Disney, it lines up with an exclusive from about five months ago from Jeff Snyder via the Ankler, and um, saying that he is in fact involved in uh, he's working on a new Star Wars movie, and this is him seeing him being around, him being involved, him being seen is just more evidence. And Jeff Snyder is saying, "Hey, remember when I said that? Yeah, I'm surprised <laughs> nobody's reporting this." more because i already said it and it's becoming more evident uh as time moves forward so we're back at you john on this one um your thoughts on damon lindelof being involved with lucasfilm star wars disney all that yeah i mean first things first like um you know under jeff snyder like he rubs some people the wrong way and stuff but i mean he he's pretty legit when it comes to like what he does and uh, i i tend to believe him and that's why we reported on his stuff because i was like yeah jeff if jeff snyder said it then i think we definitely should report on this um some uh some others who claim to be you know scoopers and leakers and stuff obviously we we don't but with him he's been a legitimate uh movie reporter and scooper or what have you for for a long time and he's often been accurate and he does his due diligence and he doesn't you know play games and he, he he's a professional so when i first heard the report it was like march or something like that his first one about it saying like just saying he's making a star wars movie i was like wow that 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 sounds legit then march 14 and now he's saying he's being spotted regularly on the lot um so i found that to be interesting so i'm just gonna say i believe it just because of his reputation as a reporter um and then in terms of um Lindelof like you know I like Lost and he he helped co-create that I thought the Watchmen series was excellent um I haven't seen Prometheus but I know people have said it's not great but I have to see it for myself and I'm not familiar with the leftovers so um but I do like several things that he has made and and um that that's good enough for me so I'm curious to see if we get some real concrete um reporting on this from Lucasfilm or, or confirmations or something um, cause as we know, it seems like the movie side of things is a bit in flux over there and they're trying to like figure out what the map is for the future of the theatrical films, um, aside from Taika's, I guess, but I'm definitely interested to hear what else is going on from this side of things. Mm-hmm. Just, I'm, I'm going to jump to Lacey, but I just want to make a comment on the Prometheus thing. I think that that movie is generally fine. But I think the marketing of it really rubbed people the wrong way because if if you remember, it was 
It's not an alien movie. It's not. It's not an alien movie. Stop thinking it's an alien movie. It's not an alien movie. And then it totally ended up being an alien movie. So I <laughs> think people w- felt like they were lied to and they were very angry about it. So the movie is what it is, but people were upset with it. So I think like it got review bombed and said it was like terrible and all sorts of stuff like that. Lacey, thoughts yeah. on uh, Damon Lindelof being involved in Star Wars? Do you believe it? I don't know if I believe it because, I mean, I don't know. I I feel like tons of people have had conversations with Lucasfilm and Disney about Star Wars, so it's hard to say until something's announced to be like, yes, 100%. Mm -hmm. Now, do I trust that Jeff wouldn't say something unless he had some really good information behind it? Absolutely. He wouldn't put his name on the line like that. So I get it. And my reaction to it is... You know, he's a popular writer. He's done a lot of great projects that people love. I personally am not a fan of the stuff that he's done. I just haven't ever gotten into Lost or The Watchmen or anything like that. So I can't really speak to like, hey, I loved this project that he did. However, I know that the stuff that he has done, people have really, really loved. So I'm all about that energy coming to Star Wars. I welcome any new kind of opinions or viewpoints or creative energy that gets brought into the galaxy because right now we're getting nothing so mm-hmm. <laughs> i will take anything at this point uh whether it's damon or taika watiti or ryan johnson or patty jenkins like just something anything <laughs> yeah I, it would be nice to know that things are moving along so one one thing that's kind of interesting to this on on this story is that I do believe Jeff and I think that while a lot of people do have meetings with Disney and and are asked and are ha- they have the conversations and the pitches and all sorts of things I would think that Jeff would know the difference there and I think he was saying okay they liked the pitch they're going with it and that's when I'm going to run the story and now he's being seen even more and he's like that backs up what I said before the one thing that I do think is weird about Jeff's story here is that he does say in his original tweet on a new Star Wars movie, and it's not to say that Damon Lindelof has not done movies. He has. But right now, I feel like Disney is very much in a Disney Plus world. And when I think about Damon Lindelof, when you look at his credits, he's most notably probably from Lost and Watchmen, which are two TV shows. And... To me, I would think that they would be bringing this person in to write or show run another Disney Plus property. But it does say movie, so I can't dog on that very much. But I would think that if this story comes to fruition, it would be something where they would announce him as working on a new Disney Plus show. That would be my guess. But He's done Star Trek. I know he has done movies. Yeah, and and you know, we we are talking about Prometheus, you know. I know that he has. I just think if they were going back and forth, I would believe it, but right now, as you said, Lacey, the movies are kind of like what's going on and anything that we have that we even know about um seems far off in the distance. So the fact that he's like doing this now and on this uh, sight, you know, being seen, eating lunch and things. It just makes me feel like it's closer to reality than some of the other things. And it more, it, that seems like it would be a TV show to me. But I, I mean, well, 
he, I don't know. He's a writer, and usually writer writing is the first stage of things. So he could be there um, for continuity's sake because he's going to write a movie that is based on something that is currently in production yep, or sure. uh, further along in the writing process. Because um, I believe everything he's done for movies is either producing or writing. He doesn't do directing. So I think it'd be okay if it was a movie and he's he's there at this time, dining and having chats and talking um, to maybe figure out what uh, story he's going to tell based on what else they're doing. Because as we know, it's very important with continuity and the sacred thing we call canon. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't deny that. Uh, I think that that's very likely as well. And that is, in fact, what Jeff reported. I was just thinking it seemed sooner than later. Um, guys, I think that's about it for Resistance Report this week. Uh, we got a couple other things that we wanted to talk about. Uh, so I'm going to send it over to Lacey uh, as we end up the segment. All right, guys, it's time for the Patreon pod race. So there are lots of ways you can support us. You can like this video, comment, subscribe on YouTube, ring the bell for notifications so you don't miss a video. You could subscribe on all the audio platforms, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please leave us a review. It helps us be found on the platforms and lets us know how we're doing, which is always nice. Or you can follow us on Twitter at RBATSWNN or on Instagram at The Resistance Broadcast. We also, fun fact, have a Facebook page. So if you want to find us on Facebook, we're on there as well. Um, We're starting to post more on all these different platforms, so make sure that you don't miss anything. Uh, But if you want more than that and you want to support the show and what we're doing here, you can head over to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast starting at just $2. That's right, $2. You get to support the show, what we're doing here, and our dreams to make wonderful Star Wars content, which is so great. Uh, This is the part of the show that we let our generals and spice runners take part. We ask them a question. They give us an answer. But before we do that, we want to thank those people. So thank you to our Patreon generals. Carmelo, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Frank Grande, Darth Hurricane, Nick Kratz, Christian Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny, Mike Ramori, Matt Heath, Chris White, Brendan McLaughlin, Count Pepto, Sam Zilke, Sneaky Zebra and Val Trichkoff. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you. And then to our Spice Runners, David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gelnar, Ryan Wara, Dave Hornack, Thomas Hennessy, Andrew Staley, and Jeremy Myers. Thank you guys for keeping it spicy. Thank you. This week, we have the awesome Brian Smith. What's up, Brian? And we asked him, should the Darksaber be destroyed? If not, excuse me, if not, who would you want to see possess it in the end? Brian, take it away. The saber should be smeltered and turned into a helmet for Grogu. You know, just like the uh, just like that Beskar spear as well. It's been nothing but trouble. You know, it's been coveted by the Vizslas, okay? And now lately, Moff Giancarlo, who's in New Orleans, by the way. It's been nothing but trouble, been nothing but a pariah to people who have good intentions with it. So destroy it and get it over with and end all these fights over a sword awesome job brian love the t-shirt john what'd you think boom i agree love the t-shirt <laughs> um yeah i also like the the shirt you had on i couldn't tell what was on it but it was like one of those um like hawaiian style type shirts mm-hmm. Uh, and cool Andor poster back there too. Did you just put that poster up for the pod race? Mm, or is it, it just on that door? Um, I liked your answer. We had talked about this on the podcast that maybe it should be destroyed. And I think that would be pretty cool um, if they went went about it that way. Um, so 
I I would agree with you. Um, turning it into Grogu's helmet, that's also very interesting. I don't know how that works. I feel like like the Darksaber's blade, I don't know how it works. Does it like, is it is it coiled and unravels or is it just sort of like, is it like the, the T-1000 and it's sort of like, just like, uh, it's liquid inside? I don't know. But if they make <laughs> it into his helmet, fine. Call it the Dark Helmet, just like Spaceballs. So thanks, Brian. Thanks for all your support, man. And uh, always fun chatting with you on Discord. So uh, see you in there, but great job. I I don't know. I I think you're probably right that they'll do something about destroying the dark saber cuz like I think John mentioned like we've had that conversation before and we all went down different paths I think. The interesting thing about it being not destroyed though is that it's one of those legacy things that could always show up if they ever decide to go a thousand years in the future. You could just have the dark saber like always be around. And it would be like a callback and a, and a tie to all the future stories. But it on uh, Tatooine. Yeah, and and the the thing about the Grogu's thing is that like yes, it would be awesome initially, but it would almost be better if you did it when Grogu was like full size, because then he could have it for nine hundred years. He could wear the helmet for nine hundred years. Or something, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> yeah. like right now, he would outgrow it. They would like burn it and make it his size, and then they would outgrow it. So, give it a little bit of time. Maybe the dark saber sticks around for a little bit longer, and then turn it into Grogu's helmet. That could be kind of cool because then the legacy would still be there. You could put it on mm-hmm. a statue or something. Awesome job, Brian! Great answer again. Love your t-shirt, and I really love Southern accents like a lot. <laughs> so I enjoyed hearing <laughs> yours. Um, I agree that, you know, the Darksaber stuff can get a little little much. I'm interested to see where it can go from here in the Mandalorian. Uh, now that he has it, it's kind of like, okay, where does it who's gonna take it from him? Is that gonna be the whole point of the show? But we will see. But thank you so much for your answer and being a part of the community. We appreciate it. Back to you, John. All right. I want to thank y'all for listening and watching to the podcast. That was that uh, was that hurt to hear you say that. Oh. <laughs> it <laughs> that hurt, was it hurt me more than it hurt you. <laughs> um, no, I want to thank everybody for listening and watching, being a part of TRB, uh, our little corner of the galaxy here. It's always great to uh, have this community and have everybody chatting with us about this thing that we all love, this uh, mm-hmm. movie franchise that is now bigger than ever. Uh, and we're right around the corner uh, from our next live action series. So stick with us because we have... Our live show's coming up. TRB Live is coming back for Andor on Wednesday night, so we're very excited about that. Um, but more importantly than that, uh, we just want to say uh, keep spreading the word because uh, in addition to what Lacey said, spreading the word of the podcast really helps us grow, and we've seen that. We've seen all of our people who are like really diehard fans of ours telling people and bringing them on board, and we can't thank you enough for that. It really means a great deal. Uh, make sure you go to Star Wars Newsnet for all of your Star Wars news. As always, uh, a lot more over there, too. Kyle Larson did a great interview with Beth Revis, mm-hmm. the author of, uh, what was it called? Scoundrel, Princess and the Scoundrel, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Did I get that right? I always, I always flip it. But yeah, Princess and the Scoundrel. That's so awesome. great job. Kyle's the best. I'm that Kyle. Yeah, Kyle's awesome. Sweet, sweet guy. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey, writing, netting, and Star Wars Newsnet, and my movie podcast, Just Like the Movies. Uh, we just did. Uh, Dirty Harry, and we have uh, Wedding Crashers coming out next next week. Uh, James? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, both at Myra Trunks. Thank you. Lacey G? 
People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin or watching Only Murders in the Building because I'm currently obsessed with it. <laughs> Great show. Yeah, It's I so agree. good. It, I feel so dumb. I'm one of those people that's so late to the party with a lot of stuff. That's I like, okay, though. I'm so early with some things and then majority of stuff I'm like, because I didn't have Hulu, so it was like one of those things that, like I never watched it. Mm. But we watched Prey recently, which me watching a horror movie is a big step in mm. my life. And I loved it. So we were on Hulu and we saw that. And I was like, I've heard really good things about this show. And we've been hooked ever since. Yeah. Obsessed. I've enjoyed it. I love Selena Gomez. So I like Martin Short and Steve Martin. Oh, they're both hilarious, but I'm a big Selena Gomez fan. Yeah. We'll see you guys on Thursday. So the discussion we had a little bit about Boyega and stuff like that, sequel trilogy, we're going to expand on that more as we're going to talk about what lessons might have been learned based on how the sequel trilogy was made. So enjoy your weeks. Enjoy this day off if you're listening to us on Monday. And we'll see you Thursday with another episode right here on TRB. See you around, kids. (laughs) 